Hey, drunk mythology friends. I'm Kate. And I'm the other Jen. And we're the drunk mythology, drunk mythology gals. gals. <laughs> I, I totally to mixed that one up all I over the place. Nothing to say. <laughs> 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 because it's be- sometimes it's better to say nothing than to be inadequate, which is why I'm like waiting for OG to come back. Yeah. It, uh, we keep saying it. Just a couple more weeks. <laughs> Again. Look, uh, all I know is I haven't had an update about the silver sedan. And at some point I will talk about what the fuck that has done to my Google algorithms because... <laughs> That Google alert oh is the devil. Oh like, forget goodness. the stones. The Google alert yeah. is the devil. But last <laughs> I heard, she was uh, cited attending Lollapalooza in Chicago. Oh, fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, somehow, I, I don't see her in any sort of Lollapalooza or any variation. I, I don't see it. Uh, you know, I, I she probably requires indoor plumbing. <laughs> well, this so the Lollapalooza is in Millennium Park in Chicago. That means nothing to me. So it's it's a big park in downtown, and okay. it's it's like all paved. Like there's no festival mud. <laughs> I mean, oh. they're probably portalettes, but it looks pretty like civilized from the pictures I saw of it. I'm like, really? This is not how you festival. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, because if, have you ever been to an actual music festival? I have not. I haven't either. I mean, I went to a couple of like, like, when we would have concerts in college, we would have them outdoors and they'd okay. be down by our quote unquote lake, which was kind of a pond. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so it was cold, full of mosquitoes and muddy. Oh, yeah. And lovely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Lollapalooza first like came into oh, being. Yeah. Oh, yes. I remember. And Coachella. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yes, I remember. But it wasn't the music that was. um, It was like heavy, heavy metal. It was like anthrax. And, you know, I was like the metal (sighs) side of rock. And just even more alternative Mm-hmm. In some regards, the ones that weren't so heavy metal, they were. I I was just too much into the bubblegum pop still. At, yeah, at that time and period. I mean, I don't I don't blame you. I mean, uh, surprisingly, I tend to be more into the heavier side of things. Like, yes, definitely yeah. not something most people are like. Wait, you like rap? You like me? <laughs> You you like heavy metal. Okay. Was not expecting that. So, you know. <laughs> and I it's hung- very possible. I bet if I went back and looked at the dates, I could mm-hmm. even tell you <laughs> trigger points. Um, I could even tell you where I was in my contemporary Christian music oh. phase. One day you and Erica are going to have to talk about that. Maybe on a Patreon. I'm, oh my gosh. Like, it's a big deal to my family that I am a, uh, not me, but my family, through my dad's side, we are cousins to Stephen Curtis Chapman. Great. That uh, that name probably means nothing to you. You're like, Stephen Stephen who? Stephen Um, Curtis Chapman means nothing to a duck. (laughs) (laughs) No means nothing to a duck. (laughs) Oh, triggering flashbacks Um, to the last episode about. Yeah, yeah. He's, he is, uh, I, I would say he is one of the the cornerstones to, to use a, a term oh. that's actually like, I don't mean a pun by that, but it, 
people could take it as a pun. Um, <laughs> he oh, is one of the cornerstones of contemporary Christian. At least music. he's not a guidestone. Maybe he's, well, he's a guide not a ghost. He's not a guide. <laughs> not a guidestone guidepost. He is a Do I have to put like <laughs> religious upbringing trauma trigger warnings? <laughs> Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, because all I know, like, today, the only Christian rock I've ever heard of, I've not even heard their music, but people have told me about is Jars of Clay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have many that that cross that, you know. I mean, I remember Amy Grant. Crossover, yeah. Remember, like, the compilation album ads? <laughs> I mean, you I was, I was Amy Grant when she was, like, very uh, boho, bohemian Christian music. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. she did, like, House of Love that came out, I guess, in, like, 94 or 5 or something like that. And, you know, she was trying to make the jump into pop. Although I will say her cover of Big Yellow Taxi, not half bad. I love that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love the song to start with. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I love her her cover of it. Yeah. There and are I some, mean, with the- some bands out there that I absolutely love that are, they are Christian based. Their lyrics, you listen I mean, to you them. Too, they are religious. Actually, if I'm remembering correctly, started as a Christian band. Or did it go the other way? Um, I don't. I'm I, not. As, I would have I'm not to invested that, in them I, enough. I feel like I heard from one of my friends who's a very big U2 fan that they they started sort of as like a church band or something. I don't know, but you yeah, know. I thought they started secular, but then the lead found religion and then they changed. But I yeah. could be wrong as well. I, I I'm I would. YouTube I know they went through a big gospel phase when they did like yeah. Joshua Tree and stuff like that. Rattle and okay. hum. Okay. Amazing songs off that one. But anyway, yeah, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I my first exposure to Amy Grant was aside from like those 40 songs for the price of two albums <laughs> uh, commercials. Yes. Um, was yeah. the big yellow taxi cover that like got really popular. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, oh, there was one other when I was a, like junior high or young high school, uh, sticks. Okay. I feel I think- like sticks or what, or what? No, it was Michael Smith. Michael W. Smith. Yes. I was. Yeah. Con- yeah. Michael W. Smith is another cornerstone of the contemporary Christian Music. And I only know him because they played some of his songs on like yeah. the mainstream pop stations in Indianapolis. Yes. His many of his songs kind of crossed over. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like high school graduation, I was having deja vu that I've mentioned this before. Um, I sang with three other girls at my high school graduation. I've never um, heard this. And we sang a Michael W. Smith song. And I so, have never heard yeah. this, and it gives me new life. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even Bible a Christian <laughs> school. This was not a. This was just a regular old generic public school. But I, I, I want to say it was his song "Friends," "Friends of mm-hmm. Friends Forever." I don't remember. But I don't. That, but I don't yeah. think that's right. I really don't think that was the song we sang. I feel like it was something different. Um. Well, this is actually, I interestingly yeah. enough, this is not super discursive for us. This is this is really quite relevant because what we're talking about today is a story of big swings from okay. one end of the spectrum to the other in mythology um, and K-pop. Okay. And we're just going to mash up Lollapalooza, K-pop, and Hesiod. Oh. Yeah, Hesiod, the guy from Boeotia. Him? Yeah. Really? Okay. And I haven't forgot about the vacation episodes that I promised. Um, Yeah. I'm working on those, but this was just really timely because like um, the Lollapalooza concert 
part I'm going to talk about happened last okay. night. So I'm like, yeah, I got to do it, man. All right. And uh, I couldn't resist doing a quick mini-sode. So get out your old concert t-shirt, <laughs> which, oh my God, fuck, we're vintage now. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> Turn on your rechargeable Bangtan bomb because lighters are so 90s when you actually needed them for actually smoking and get ready for a dizzying clash of cultures, old and new. Wow. Okay. This is going to be fun. Short, so fun. So before we get started, (laughs) sacrifices to Odin this week. Oh my God. I've mentioned how much rain we've had, right? Yeah. And the thunderstorms because you can't stop talking about rye crackers. (laughs) Like daily. We are ha- I feel like we are now in the tropics. I we didn't move. Or maybe <laughs> on Noah's Ark. But <laughs> <laughs> we are getting every afternoon th- thunderstorms, downpour, torrential rain. We are the opposite of living in a drought right now. Well, You're like, please stop watering my lawn. <laughs> exactly. The grass is growing faster than the high schooler that lives down the street can mow it for us. Wow. <laughs> um, but when the when we get enough rain and the ground gets saturated enough, mm-hmm. overly saturated, mm-hmm. ants start looking for higher ground. Little Tiny, oh. black, oh, just the, the picnic generic ants. sugar ants. Oh, and they oh. typically they come up from the crawl space mm-hmm. inside the wall through and up into the house through a windowsill. Yeah, that's their usual point of entry. I mean, and it's typically ugh. the one that's right near where we have the water faucet outside. I don't. I suspect it's something related to that being a water spot, so they get water. But when there's too much yeah. water, they're like, "Yeah, too much." So I think they <laughs> like that spot. Yeah. Um, but we noticed them coming up from a whole different place in the house. They're mutating today, and so we we have a. I don't know how environmentally friendly or not this stuff is but we use a chemical that you put these drops on a little card and you set Mm -hmm. it out where you see the ants yep within five minutes there were probably 50 ants (gasps) on this one spot on this other windowsill This is is some big time suffering, Odin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, put that as a data point in your, hmm, how far can I push Odin spreadsheet? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I go and I put four more. I'd only put one down on this particular windowsill. Oh, God. And so I come back with, and I put down four more of these things, these little drops, these cards with the drops of poison on it. And basically what happens is the ant comes, it tastes good to them or whatever. They take it back to the nest, share, and everybody dies. (laughs) Talk about a Kool-Aid. That is oddly (laughs) relevant as well. Are you serious? (laughs) Yes. But you have to suffer through them coming to get the poison yeah. for a day and a half to two days. And so I no. put these, you know, I put four more cards out and oh my God, all, f- all five of these cards that are lined up along this windowsill within 10 minutes are covered. Wow. And Sam keeps walking over and he's looking at him. He goes, I think half the whole nest is here. And then like a few minutes later, They've now invited the ants from across the street. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, they're my just getting God. introverted ants up off the couch. I just, I have never in my life seen this many ants. We've had the, the area we live in, it's going to happen. We have an exterminator mm-hmm. that comes out. They do quarter, uh, not even quarter, every other month, they come out and take care of things. Yeah. 
but this is this is just it's going to happen and there has been so much rain that these <laughs> things they've got nowhere else to go and it's ah, lovely crap yeah well oh my god my suffering is yes. my stomach um we're going on like two and a half weeks now of just like ugh. Really? What's going on? Thankfully, I have transplant clinic tomorrow, so hopefully yeah. we'll at least start the testing to figure out what's going on because <clears throat> I took a COVID test. It's negative. Um, I mean, it it could be H. pylori. It could be something else with my meds. Like, uh, who knows? But pray to Odin, Zeus, and your exterminator and right? everyone else that we get it sorted because I'm always glad for a little weight loss boost, but fuck, this is getting a bit much. <laughs> I I have had <clears throat> water, popsicles, and a single fudge stripe cookie today. Oh, that's so, so yeah. sad. Well, it's I'm really making up sad. for it. I have, I have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful drink tonight. Oh, and great. It's, it's not even anything new or different, but here's what makes it wonderful. So back in, I believe it was April, it might have been March, back in the spring. <laughs> Everything's a blur right now. Yeah. Um, OG had a book drop. Oh, and that's right. Leading up to that book drop, she and I collaborated a whole bunch of cocktail recipes. To mm-hmm. kind of like pair up with different characters in the book. Mm-hmm. And so she sent me a bottle of Belvedere vodka as a thank you gift for oh, all of the nice. help. I was, I cried <laughs> reading the note. There I'm not no even crying in read. podcasting. There's no crying in podcasting. <laughs> and that's why I'm not going to read the note that she included with it because the note yeah, made me cry. I- I think we should move to the disclaimer because otherwise you're going to end up reading the note and then I'm going to cry and I just don't need that right now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, and of course I did not write down any notes for the disclaimer, but let's just wing this. Do not drink and drive cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, silver sedans, still don't want to be drinking and driving those. Um, Concerts, Christian rock bands, bands, (laughs) stomach bugs, ants. Um, it, what what else did we talk about? Popsicles, That's, popsicles. Yeah, don't don't yeah. drink and drive any of it. <laughs> All right, so yeah, um, let's get started. A long time ago, when the world was young, either that or it was just last night. But fuck, it has felt like an eon. <laughs> So like I said, this is going to be a bit of a mini-sode because I'm just not feeling all that great. And No if, worries. Yeah. If I had it all together, I it would be uh, a bigger episode. I'm just splitting <laughs> it in half because I, I can't. That's um, all good. <laughs> but if you uh, can't wait and you want to go back and experience some old school rage and bullet points, Yes. Um, check out episode one, The Big Greek Bang, episode three, Patricide is the New Black, and episode five, What the Fuck Zeus, uh, yeah. for some background feeling. Okay. <laughs> um, unfortunately, episode seven, Pandora's Playlist, which does is about the myth we're going to talk about today is still under reconstruction because a OG decided to go hijack a silver sedan. So right. <laughs> for both of the minisodes this week, um, there are two sources I want to talk about. Uh, one is Natalie Haynes's phenomenal book. And I think I mentioned that I just got it and I'm so excited. It's called Pandora's Jar, Women in the Greek Myths. And she is doing the work of our Lord and our podcast, though with a lot less swearing because she's an actual professional (laughs) doing a critical reexamination of major characters in major female characters in mythology from a feminist or fuck it, just plain female perspective. (laughs) 
Wow. It's okay. Astonishing. And I can't wait to like my plan was to talk about her chapter about Pandora and then move on to the second part of this episode. But I just I started reading and <laughs> the reading is not um going very well with my stomach right now. So Ah, got it. Okay. Yeah. The second source though is kind of what we were talking about in the intro. It's J-Hope from BTS, the Korean band. What? Yeah. He just headlined okay. Sunday night at Lollapalooza. Ah. And he's promoting his solo album, Jack in the Box. And this is interesting because you know how I, okay. I have this thing about like weird, cognitively dissonant cultural juxtapositions. So yes. he's the first South Korean artist to have any kind of headline stage at Lollapalooza. Okay. Which, you know, given that it's probably been going on for what, 35, almost 40 years now? We are not that old, damn it. No. Okay, I, 30, I'm, I'm going to say 35 because I was I in high school. I deny it. I deny this. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, I, it is, America's had this weird thing against uh songs in other languages. Okay. Playing those on the radio. Like when I lived in France, they played songs that were top of the charts from English and French and Spanish and Russian. Like they were just playing, you know, here, if we can't sing all the words, they don't play it. Right. Yeah. You know, anyway. Um, But I thought that was just really interesting because we know that BTS does their homework when it comes to mythology. Right. Just look at our Dionysus episode yeah, and how we talked about their song. And we did a much more interesting uh, (laughs) analysis, deep dive analysis of the song over on Patreon. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, And I will tell you, J-Hope's album does not disappoint. Yay. Again, for my cross-cultural homework doing heroes, BTS. <laughs> so, yeah, he talks about Pandora. Oh. Which, if you want to juxtapose Pandora with a jack-in-the-box, and there's a whole mythology about jack-in-the-boxes. Okay. It's, it's not a mythology, but it's like a, it's kind of a creepy history that I'd like to do. Anyway, but <laughs> from a Greek mythology perspective, I think we need to do a brief recap. Oh, you ready? Oh, okay. All right. Deep breath here. Here we go. Once upon a time after the Titans and the Olympian gods had spent a couple of eons fighting and fucking around, literally someone forgot to lock the door of the garage and Zeus got got his hands on the power tools and proceeded to try and create mankind using pirated internet DIY plans and clearance bin materials from hobby fucking lobby. I mean, they trafficked in stolen antiquities, so why not, right? Eventually, Zeus thinks he's gotten it right, and he gets down to the next important thing to invent, barbecue. But (laughs) Prometheus, the Titan, who is not a dick and actually has half a brain, or maybe it's because his name means foresight, is like, yeah, no one likes raw barbecue, so this is going to be a problem. Also, Zeus had given the job of equipping humans to Prometheus's younger brother, and younger and straight up fucking dumber brother, which makes you question what the fuck was Zeus thinking? Hence episode five, what the fuck Zeus? Because the brother's name was Epimetheus or EpiPen, if that's easier to remember, which means afterthought. And EpiPen was so into giving out the fur, claws, amazing eyesight, strength, speed to animals that when it came to humans, he's like, uh, I don't know. How about thumbs? I got some opposable thumbs. I hear they might be a big thing at some point. Prometheus, like so many older siblings, has to clean up EpiPen's mess, and we haven't heard the last of him either. So he goes and steals divine fire, or just fire, to us and teaches humans how to use it so they don't fucking die of exposure and starvation and salmonella from undercooked meat. Zeus is pissed because here's super reasonable Prometheus again doing his super reasonable thinging, making sure, ev- making everyone feel inferior because they were just fucking having fun. But it's not until Prometheus helps humans one more time and pulls a fast one on Zeus, switching barbecue takeout bags so that humans get the meat and the gods get the fat and bones. Sorry, no refunds that he loses it. <laughs> this 
send Zeus over the edge, but let's be honest, he's never far from the edge anyway. He's like, guess what? I can invent shit too, like foie gras. He changed Prometheus <laughs> to a boulder on the side of a mountain and has his pet eagle come and peck out his liver, which regrows overnight so the eagle can do it all over again. Eventually, Prometheus gets free, but guess what? Zeus isn't done yet because even though he won't admit it, he has anger management problems just like Hera. <laughs> Zeus decides to punk humanity by giving them the best gift ever. And who do you think he gives it to? If you guessed EpiPen, you would be correct. Prometheus, Mr. Foresight himself, had warned his brother before he got chained up on a mountain, don't do the thing. Don't take gifts from <laughs> Zeus. But because EpiPen is, as we have mentioned, a 100% dumbass, he's like, ooh, a gift from Zeus. He likes me. And what was that gift? It was Pandora, the first woman, because apparently to the ancient Greeks, the ideal society was just a bunch of men and goats which is another reason I flip my shit when people talk about how ancient Greece was this totally admirable foundation of Western society, because according to their most revered religious history, humanity was at its best when it was a bunch of goat fuckers <laughs> hanging out and eating raw meat. And that brings us to Pandora. Wow. And K-pop. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> oh. Okay. I, I don't know where to, I, I, yeah, <laughs> a lot of recap, which actually I needed. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I, these things, I am Prometheus. I think these things through, even though out of our group, I'm kind of like the middle child. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Pandora was created by Zeus and he invited the other gods over be like, hey, I made a thing. You want to help out? And they're like, uh, I want to say no, but it's Zeus. So, okay, sure. Yeah, great. And right, right, right. The other gods gave her delightful gifts like beauty, a lovely voice. And of course, because she's a chick, they have to say they gave her a pretty dress. Mm. And she was delighted by how pretty her dress was. Because that's what women really worry about. So, I mean, if she's into dresses, then awesome. But Right. But so, yeah, I mean, we're talking anyway. about the very first woman here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. So wait, if it's uh, the very first woman, why would uh, my question is the, the where did the dress come from? Oh, because the gods had females. Oh, you had right, right, and right. And Hera. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So dress, a dress was not a foreign concept. Well, and okay. honestly, it was more like um, a, a tunic or a chitin. Uh, oh, okay. was kind of a unisex garment. Men and women wore gotcha. them. And it, you know, the length of the skirt differed and whatever. So it was just gotcha. more, you know, okay. it wasn't such a big thing that she was given a dress, but that's why it's almost an insult that she was given a dress and she was so excited by the pretty dress. Okay. All right. So uh, EpiPen, when he got the gift of Pandora, mm -hmm. was like, hot damn, I got a 10. Oh, my God. Somewhere on the side of a mountain, we hear the sound of Prometheus smacking his forehead. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't do the thing. You did the thing. <laughs> Pandora even came with her own accessory because what's the point of a deadly Barbie doll if it isn't holding something in those curled claw hands of hers? Remember like the hairbrush? Yeah. Like you could oh, yeah. look the oh <laughs> I have nightmares about those hands. Oh yeah. <laughs> she had a quote unquote box. And while I would love to make a dirty joke reference, um, they didn't have a joke for that. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. They just said she was given a box that Zeus has secretly packed, and it wasn't any kind of picnic. Oh. Whatever. Okay. I feel like crap so I can do the humor I want. Yep. Yep. All good. All good. Not that it ever stops me anyway. <laughs> so he put all the evils and ills of the world into the box and sealed it with a big label that said, do not open. Oh, okay. Now, I'm getting, uh, yeah, I'm getting. Yeah. According to the Cliff Notes version of the story that most people know, um, which was told and retold and came down 
through history interpreted by men um, and may or may not sound nothing like Eve and the apple. Apparently, Pandora just had to know what was in the box. Oh, damn. I never made that that parallel connection. Oh, damn it. Okay. Nothing is So she opens it. (laughs) Yeah. So she opened it. She, yeah, of course and she did. And again, we hear the distant echoing sound of Prometheus <laughs> smacking his forehead yeah. on some mountainside yeah. again. <laughs> Echo's probably hanging out up there with him. She's like, he's like, don't do the thing. And she's like, do the thing. Right. Oh, <laughs> poor Echo. <laughs> yeah. And she's like looking at him like, I didn't want to say that. Uh, and so she opens the box and all the horrible things like i don't know war famine plague and death wow yeah come out of the box and they're like hot damn let's get this party started oh yeah wow yeah okay and pandora apparently according to the way the myth is retold these days was like oopsies oh my god but okay like the beloved bottle of Tylenol or paracetamol for our overseas friends that is on your bedside table after a big night out, a little fluttering, beautiful thing flew out from the bottom of the box, the very last thing. And it was hope. Okay. Isn't that nice? I just, yeah. That is not okay. how shit went down. Oh. Yeah. That's, oh. Oh, so that's not, that's just like a modern that spin is on the- a 2800 year game of telephone. Oh, told and retold. Okay. By men translating Greek to Latin to Latin to local language, English, French, whatever. Wow. Okay. Yeah. For starters, there probably wasn't a box. Oh. Yeah. And this is this is the stuff that I'm I want to talk about in yeah. part two. Um, there was no box. Okay. Secondly, um everyone seems to overlook that woman was created completely separate from man. Mm-hmm. Even out of a different material. Oh. Because remember, Zeus was like experimenting. He went with gold and silver and bronze and then eventually iron um, because he had a coupon and couldn't afford any more gold or silver. (laughs) (laughs) But he made Pandora out of earth. Um, I'm not sure how to interpret this. Well, that's going to be something we talk about in part two because it could be good or bad. But, I mean, the point is, are we now a whole separate species of human? Well, I don't think that's ever been in question. I think (laughs) we are the only ones who stopped to ask directions. So maybe. (laughs) And no, it was not aliens. It's never aliens. Never aliens. (laughs) Do you know what Eric did to me the other night? Uh Uh-oh. What did your husband do? He was like, honey, turn on, turn on the tv let's watch something in bed and so i'm like okay we did just pick something no he turned on ancient fucking aliens (laughs) i'm like why are we watching this and he's like i don't know i think it'd be fun i'm like you know what this does he's like yeah (laughs) and it was like one of their like very first or second it was like a second or third episode and they're talking about um you know how archaeological finds uh, include these misshapen skulls and could it be humans trying to emulate aliens i'm like no it is a cross-cultural right anyway (laughs) it's not aliens it's not aliens yeah no i i spent an hour entertaining him yelling at the tv i'm sure (laughs) he's just lying there snickering (laughs) (laughs) anyway Um, third, it's not like Athena and Aphrodite were sister bonding over womanhood when they gave their gifts to Pandora. Okay. Um, Aphrodite, as we've discovered here and there, is kind of a piece of work. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember Lit Crit Hour 12, part one? (laughs) She's like the mother-in-law from hell. Oh, right. Yes, yes. And Athena is also kind of a monster because remember Medusa was like just hanging out, worshiping. Oh, right. And Poseidon uh, raped her on the floor of Athena's temple. And Athena's like, who's going to clean that up? Oh my God. I'm going to turn your hair literally into a mop. Wow. And there's a fourth, fifth and 15th part of this part two, but I just couldn't (laughs) quite get there. So Uh, we're going to switch gears. And we're going to do a little bit of lyric analysis to check out J-Hope's use of mythology. Oh, okay. So uh, do you want to tell folks what we did for like 10 (laughs) minutes before? (laughs) Aside from figuring out how to turn off the echo on our microphones, what we did before we hit record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we hit record, we've... We've mentioned in the past of trying to figure out how to do some group watch events with movies where you can hear us, you know, reacting and pretty much me sitting there going, what, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. While you guys just sit there and laugh at my shock. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, you loaded up a test run on a, one of the softwares that popped up on our radar and, and test is very much the word for it <laughs> yeah it turn out the way i was thinking yeah but. and loaded in a bunch of little youtube shorts of mm-hmm. the the what's j-hope from k-pop <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah and then we wrapped it up with a couple videos from mm-hmm. his solo release mm-hmm. and it's a very, very different vibe. It's, yep. It's a lot grittier. Yep. And, you know, the... So basically, to recap the videos, the shorts that we saw, these were, you know, all celebrities and performers out there sort of... And we do it here on our podcast, too. We kind of right. put a little... Sp- top spin and polish on our personas. We ham things up. Exactly. And, (laughs) you know, when it becomes part of your brand and you commit to it over a long period of time, like he's been, you know, in BTS for what, nine years now. So, you know, he's had this very sunny, cheerful, hopeful persona. He even works it into like one of his like introduction shticks, like, I'm your hope. You're my hope. I'm J-Hope, you know? Right. And he's known as the sunshine of the group. But this summer, he was, they did a group dinner video and he's like, I'm not always happy, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I can be a grumpy fuck too. He didn't say in this so many words, but you know, again, this is why primary sources versus Translation and interpretation are important. Um, (laughs) And, you know, when he came out with the title of his album, Jack in the Box, clearly that was going to be a surprise. But then the album starts with almost this, um, you know, bedtime story recording. It's a female voice, you know, and uh, she's retelling this very sort of gentle version of the myth of Pandora. And interesting. Yeah. So what I would like to do, I will read the main part of it. And then there's a little um, interspersing little clip that I put in the middle of it because it's very in the moment relevant. So I'm, and then you'll read that. So, All right. Okay. So this is the intro and it says, and I'm going to try to mimic the voice, but you'll get the idea. What Zeus had kept inside the box broke loose from their confinement. All that was foul was now unleashed upon the world. Again, it's a very bedtime sort of soothing presentation. That's what you want for a bedtime story. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
you know, set you up for nightmares. Each, each their own. <laughs> I fall asleep to true crime. I can't help it. Um, the thing is relaxing is like murder and mayhem. Anyway, Pandora, unable to undo what she had done, fell into despair. As she grieved, she heard a feeble quiver from the box. She lifted the lid once more and out fluttered a small, bright, most beautiful creature she had ever seen. It flapped its delicate wings as it danced around Pandora, lightly brushing against her shoulder. And this is legit a direct pull from Emily Dickinson's poem, The Thing uh, Hope is a Thing with Feathers. So if you would read the little poem. Oh, okay. Now, when we've talked about this, this hope in the box, my brain automatically creates the image of a butterfly. Um, but as I'm seeing the word feathers here, I'm guessing it's it's not a butterfly, is it? Yeah, you know, I think she she's thinking of like a little bluebird or a chickadee or, you know, something, okay. uh, you know, she's definitely not thinking of a turkey vulture. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, a turkey right. vulture is your hope, that, that's going to be that's, an issue. Hey, that, that, that might be hope for some people, you know, <laughs> hey, no, uh, no kink shaming here. <laughs> okay. If you read Emily Dickinson's yes. poem. All right. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. See, I'm barely following what this is saying. Yeah, I'll, I'll go over yeah. it in a second. I've heard it in the chillest land and yet on the strangest sea. Yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. So basically, um, hope, she's saying hope is this fragile creature, but it doesn't, you know, it's something common to everyone with a soul. Okay. And, you know, no matter what, whether it's the, the fiercest gale, you know, gale winds or, um, right, right. you know, the coldest land or the stormiest sea, you know, um, this little bird is this weak, weak little bird is actually more powerful. Wow. Okay. And yet, even in the most of extreme circumstances, the little bird asks nothing from us. It just gives hope. Huh. Fascinating. Okay. Right? So again, you know, the text here is it flapped its delicate wings as it danced around Pandora, lightly brushing against her shoulder. Pandora immediately felt her angst melt away and her heart glow with warmth. It was hope that was kept in the innermost nook of the box. It trailed behind the miasma of darkness. And again, this is actually a little bit of artistic liberty, and it's not so much J-Hope overlooking something as it fits with the kind of bedtime story feel of this little bit of retelling. And it's actually okay. a very common misconception. Okay. That, you know, it was inside a box because there probably wasn't a box. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, sorry. Can uh, yeah. <laughs> My folder, um, uh, felt her heart glow with the warmth, assuaging their ill effects on mankind. Hope gave people the will to carry on living amidst the pain and strife. Wow. So, yeah. You know, it's a retelling of the Emily Dickinson poem, in a sense, which is a retelling of, um, you know, it might have been one of the first times we have a female voice. Actually, even if it's speaking obliquely, it's one of the first times we have a female voice speaking to the myth. Okay. So, 
then we get even more like specific in terms of he- the second track after the introduction is called Pandora's Box. Oh, so he just dives right in. <laughs> yeah. And um, so he says, Pandora's history, that's my birth. The sincerity of the sacred heart given to man by great gods, the ray of light that is left in the Pandora box. Put it into a pure-hearted boy. Oh, yeah. wow. That's my okay. name with a meaning from the depths of a myth on my way. Mm. So fascinating. You know, he's kind of comparing himself to, he's not saying I'm a cute little bird, but he's saying I am, I may look like just a boy who dances right. and sings, but I have stood against, you know, I have learned and endured and I stood against so much. And, you know, this is, you know, I can be hope for people. Wow. So, you know, he even talks about, um, you know, uh, this dream was drawn by Zeus. Is it the only big picture? The owner's curiosity summoned me. This is like Pandora's fateful, they say criminal, but I think they mean crime. This is like Pandora's okay. fateful crime. Gotcha. Yes, I can see the world, tens of thousands of temptations that burn with one touch, greed, envy, jealousy, grudge, revenge, and hate, maybe for no reason. Mm. So um, the last little bit I want to uh, uh, point out is in the third verse, this box is a frog in the well. What? So um, I, I have a feeling, and I, I can't pin it down precisely because I just didn't have time to research into it. I will mm -hmm. for part two. But I think there's a lot of common stories across cultures about, you know, a creature stuck in a well. Oh, Sure. And rescuing it, and then you either get wishes or consequences, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that sounds familiar. Lit Crit Hour Part Two, when we talked about the myth of East of the Sun and West of the Moon. Mm -hmm. when, and if anybody's wondering about these Lit Crit references, these are over yeah. on Patreon <laughs> where we break down fairy tales. Yeah. Until there's no coming back. <laughs> Until there's no in coming back. <laughs> the Mercer Meyer version that we talked about, uh, the the young woman had to kiss a frog. And so, you know, the frog gave her hope by, you know, diving down and finding the silver cup so she could fetch the holy water to Oh, um, right. I remember that. Father. Got it. But, I remember that now. Yeah. So, you know. It, it's interesting because I, he may not know about the myth of the fairy tale of East of the Sun and West of the Moon, and certainly not that variation. But or he might. Or he might. Or it could be just a common enough trope. Right, right. In right. human storytelling and communication. So, yeah. Yeah. There interesting. We go. This is very yeah. fascinating. Right? So, I, I, I would say yeah. kudos yeah. to. Uh, use of mythology and, you know, accuracy mm -hmm. for somebody who, you know, his lyrics team and whatever, you know, yeah, they yeah. probably, they may have read the actual Hesiod and whatever, but there's also a lot of deep digging, nerdy, scholarly JSTOR style <laughs> articles that, yes. you know, you have yeah. to be somebody like me who's like, I want a JSTOR subscription. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah so part two later this week will take uh natalie haynes who like me <laughs> i want to be her when i grow up um she <laughs> she took the jstor subscription and was like okay so here's what they actually meant when they were used that word in greek it doesn't mean box ah okay so Got it. we're going to have some interesting awesome. conversations. So there Yay. we go. That's it. Cool. 
And um, because this is just a part one of two, we'll work in Fenrir. <laughs> um, uh, well, let's see. Um, I've got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I have no Fenrir mention. I mean, did I, I just did, hear I did the mention dog the... bark in the background. No, that was me choking on oh water. Oh my god, are you okay? Kate is, is dying live on this recording. <laughs> but I will get the episode out. <laughs> we are so committed. Oh but my goodness. I mean, you're recording at what, 1030 at night? So yeah. Yeah. On a work so, night again. <laughs> there we go. So in yeah. the meantime, while you're waiting for part two, um, yes. I'll include the links to the little uh, playlist, YouTube playlist, and also all the other links and you can keep up with us on uh subscribe yourselves to our social media scrolls on instagram at drunk mythology gals <laughs> on twitter at drunk myth gals on facebook at drunk mythology gals on the web at drunk mythology gals where i don't have to do a not to scale post for this week's episode there are no graphics Yet. no images Yet. Yet. There's always yes. part two. But that's going to be later. That's a different episode. <laughs> well, that gives you time to catch up on the uh, swanning around. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I still haven't done the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. You don't want to re-traumatize yourself. Well, just put on some like jars of clay. And- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no means nothing to a swoos. <laughs> Just turn on some Stephen uh, Curtis Chapman. Yeah, so if you want more of the lit crits and shenanigans, check out Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gal stickers. Or, yep. Jokes, uh, your own divine title, three dollars yeah. a month. Yeah. Or you can drop us a line, send us an email, which like I always do, as I start to read the email address, I pick up my phone to check the email. No, I've been doing much better it's at it lately. It's not a lie if I'm doing it. <laughs> gals at drunkmythologygals.com. You can send there us email. Go. We really do and check it. Yeah. Special thanks to Sound Effects Kim for putting the top spin on our sound. Although this week we are giving her a little break because, uh, yeah. <laughs> She, I'm not the only one down for the count at the moment. Nope. <laughs> um, but she's going to recover much faster than I am. So yes. there we go. Good news yeah. for that. So Yay. thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they're like, hey, I heard this new Chapman album, and you're like, <laughs> bitch, please. It's about BTS. <laughs> Finally, always remember, if the gods can behave badly... And so can you.